0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, November 15th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini.
1: And I am Broadway stars James Marino.
0: Uh, I, I'm a little <laughs> nervous here, James. Uh, wh- why? I don't know. You just, uh, you started laughing right before recording. I said, what? You said, don't worry, you'll hear during the opening. So I guess, <laughs> take it away? Well, you know, I'm thinking about starting a new business. Uh- <laughs> like your ninth. Okay, go ahead. What what other business do you need to own? Well, I
1: uh, I'm going to be giving uh, Canadian geography lessons. Uh-oh. You know what happened? Uh, what <laughs> what, ha- what, happened? what did I screw up now? Uh, oh no, 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 no. It was totally me. Totally, oh, okay. totally me. Uh one of our listeners who I'm going to kill his name. Uh Elaine Richet or Richer? I'm not sure. Uh, and so <laughs> I was talking, I guess, to Patrick um, in the interview this weekend. Yeah, Patrick or, Page, yeah, Patrick yeah, yeah. Page, and, and I said that uh, his uh, show was in Calgary. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> Calgary, Alberta, Ontario. Calgary, Alberta, Ontario. That's not yeah. actually,
0: <laughs> actually a no. thing. That's like you live in on Long Island, New York, New Jersey. It would be like something similar to that. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we've really. really... really, Yeah, we've really done a number on that production of Hades Town. First, I said it was in (laughs) Toronto at the at the Toronto Citadel Theater, but it was actually at the Edmonton Citadel Theater. Actually, ironically enough, we have a story about. Theaters being having the same name at two different locations coming up here later in the show, so I promise I'll get those right. So, uh, my apologies for reinforcing
1: terrible American stereotypes. We're bad, Elaine. We're just bad. I I will. I will work on it. I promise. I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right. uh, First up in the news, the uh, reviews are in for the National Theaters Network.
0: Yeah, James, uh, earlier this week, the National Theater opened their world premiere production of the stage adaptation of the iconic film by Paddy Chayefsky uh, called, the Net- or called Network. Um, it stars Brian Cranston in the role of Howard Beale, the network news anchorman. It's directed by the one and only Ivo Van Hova, so maybe that's why we haven't seen him in New York doing seven or eight plays here recently. Uh, the show actually runs through March 24th, and it really varies rather significantly from van hove's traditional minimalist uh, approach to classics that we're used to seeing here in new york because it is based on a television network and kind of how um, all-encompassing that is there are huge screens all over the stage there are live video cameras on stage getting close-ups at all time being broadcast on screens around the stage Uh, it is designed as all van hove shows are uh, by jan vercheveld and that plays into some of the comments we're Coming up on. So let's get into these first with Ben Brantley from the New York Times, who said, quote, it's when all the technological bells and whistles are operating that this network thrills even as it agonizes. Mr. Cordray's big boss figure may insist that it's the message, not the medium, that ultimately prevails. But in this case, stagecraft nearly always trumps script in translating a fabled movie from the past into a palpable, searing present. Dominic Cavendish of the Telegraph said, quote, working with adapter Lee Hall, Evo Van Hova utilizes an impressive technological box of tricks familiar to those who saw his Roman tragedies marathon. This is a world of constantly roving cameras. All surface, shine, and sterility. The TV production uh, control room is a goldfish bowl of a booth. Tense countdowns are conducted to quasi-orchestral warmings up. A quartet of effects operators are imposingly ranged atop a giant screen. Wherever there is motion, confusion, and distraction. Barring the minimizing of the original script's fascination with the seizing on terrorist atrocities a ratings opportunity, this editing job is faithful to the original down to the rolling period adverts while pointing to today's unceasing blitz of infotainment proving Chayefsky prophetic. Michael Billington from The Guardian said, quote, If this is very much Beale's play, it is also because of Cranston's haunting presence. With his seamed features and troubled integrity constantly seen in close up, he actually looks like a plausible news anchor. But even when Beale turns into a raging TV prophet, Cranston avoids rant and suggests the words are being painfully wrung from him. At one point, he turns up in the studio looking like a drowned rat. Pauses for what seems an eternity while the camera tracks him and then launches into one of his apocalyptic speeches. Cranston's achievement is to, say, is to suggest that there is an element of residual sanity to Beale's apparently demented diatribes. All of those sound good, if not a little disturbing, but the one, probably my favorite review, comes from Anne Treneman from the Times of London, and she said, quote, the set infuriated me. It was like a teenager's bedroom, but crazier. It's as if the director Evo Van Hova and the designer Jan Vanderveld uh took one look at that big stage and thought quote, "Oh." We can't have that. Let's go to Sets R Us and fill it up with stuff. So (laughs) I don't know, James, I think this is, you know, a fairly positive set of reviews, Um, you know, not too dissimilar from what I think we heard with 1984, which was this show that had a political message underneath that was. Important when the original source material was originally published or produced, that also resonates in modern times, but they overwhelm you with all of the glitz and, and effects that go on with it. I'm interested with a director like Ivo Van Hove and a star like Brian Cranston. Uh, I'd have to imagine that with reviews that were at least on the positive side of mixed, I have to imagine there's producers wanting to bring this to New York sooner, if not later. I think
1: I agree with you as long as they can uh, replicate this production with controlled costs. I mean, that video mm-hmm. stuff and all the extra bodies on stage shooting and things like that might uh, push up some costs a little bit. So uh, I think they're going to have to look at what it would cost to run in a limited uh, limited engagement and wh-
0: where they would put it.
1: and. uh mm-hmm. If that all makes sense, sure bring it in.
0: Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about this is that this show is opening in mid November. It began performances back in October and it is playing through the end of March. So clearly Brian Cranston has no problem doing a five, six month run of this show, depending on of course, if the national extends it at all. So having him come in and do six months um, to maybe even longer, you know, doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility because I can't imagine he would have undertaken a project like this without thinking that it could potentially come to New York. So, We'll have to see. You know, we haven't heard a lot about this production since it was announced. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some rumblings at some point here in the next week or two or next month or so as people start turning their attention towards 2018, 2019. If we hear about this coming into a traditional musical house, because like you said, it's going to need a fairly big operation to recreate what Van Hove has done in London.
1: Okay. Um Will Ivo van Hove's production have to fight
0: it out with uh, two other 42nd Street productions? Uh, I, I doubt they'll be playing to the same crowds. But uh, <laughs> last night, Michael Riedel posted an article about two very different productions of 42nd Street trying to make their way to Broadway. And here's where I talked about two theaters with the same name from very different places. The first is a big, splashy revival from London's Theatre Royal Drury Lane. It's gotten great reviews. Apparently, Kate Middleton was there on opening night to see it, which is always a big deal. This production um, is, is directed by Mark Bramble, who co-wrote the script with Michael Stewart and choreographer Randy Skinner, uh, who actually assisted the great Gower champion in the original production. The cast, which has a, which is made up of 43 different people, is led, I can't believe this, of all people, by Sheena Easton, like somebody I remember my parents loved when I was a kid. Um, and and um, so this is a great big production that's gotten great reviews over in London. However, according to Riedel, uh, he was told uh, by the Chicago Tribune critic Chris Jones that a production currently playing The Windy City is the best he's ever seen. And that one, oddly enough, is playing at the Drury Lane Theater in Oak Brook Terrace, Illinois. That one's directed by Michael Heitzman. Um, apparently both shows are looking about potentially making the move to uh, New York. It hasn't been that long, maybe 15 years since the last Broadway revival of 42nd Street with Martha with Martha Plimpton, I believe. So we'll see what happens with these. I, I you know, James, we didn't have we don't have a ton of big song and dance musical revivals coming in this year. I mean, we had Dolly last year. But the revivals this season aren't really song and dance shows. You've got uh, the currently running Once on this Island. You've got My Fair Lady. You've got Carousel. But there's not any of these big, splashy, traditional musical comedies. So maybe there'll be an interest of that next season. But to me, this doesn't seem necessarily like the time where we need this production. But then again, when do we ever need anything on Broadway? It's all about entertainment. I can't imagine
1: that they would have enough time to turn it around to get here for this season. No, 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 for next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next up, cast
0: is announced for Joshua Harmons admissions at Lincoln Center. Yeah, James. Yesterday, the Lincoln Center Theater announced that Ben Edelman, Andrew Garman, Jessica Hecht, Dana Ivey, and Sally Murphy will be featured in its upcoming production of Admissions, a new play by Joshua Harmon, directed by Daniel Alkin. Admissions will begin previews on February 15th, with an opening out on March 12th. It, we've talked about admissions before. In the show, the head of admissions department at the Hillcrest School, which will be played by Hecht, is fighting to diversify her body. And alongside her husband, the school's headmaster, they've largely Succeeded in bringing a stodgy institution into the 21st century. But when their only son sets his sights on an Ivy League university, personal ambition collides with progressive values with con- convolutive results. Um, This one looks like another great one. Joshua Harman's had great success uh, off Broadway, specifically with Roundabout Underground with Bad Jews and then Significant Other. If his track record continues, this will be another one that will get produced around the country very shortly after its initial New York run ends. Sticking with some New York news yesterday, they finally announced who will be playing the Phantom of the Opera in the 30th anniversary production, not production at the time of the 30th anniversary on Broadway. Apparently uh, this, this, uh new phantom is not necessarily new he's actually played the role both in london in new york and in uh, and two sold out engagements in his native Stockholm, this new phantom is Peter Yoback. He uh, will be coming into the role just for three months uh, and and he'll be the one doing the role in the 30th anniversary. James, we've talked about I, I don't know if it was on air or not. Maybe the timing of Ramin Caramelou leaving Anastasia might have led people to think that he was coming into this. I think a lot of people thought that they were wrong, um, it, but it did seem like you could have connected the dots very easily. Um, but, you know, I, I've not heard great things from the phantom, what do they call it, James? The fans? Fans. The P- P-H-A-N-S. Fans. Yeah, yeah. They, they they haven't been super overwhelmingly excited about this one, uh, but YoBack will play a strictly limited return from January 15th through Saturday, March 31st. So Two and a half months, it just, the whole thing just seems a little weird to me, James. Um, To be honest with you, this is a name that was originally supposed to be announced a few weeks ago, and they delayed that announcement, so they just ended up announcing Ali Ewald was going to continue and some of the other things that we talked about before, and then they finally got around to announcing this, but it's odd to me that they're bringing somebody in for the 30th anniversary who's not a huge name that the fans love, and he's only going to be there for two and a half months, so I don't know if something else fell through, but like I said, this name has been something that was in the works and you know being planned on for two three maybe even four weeks at this point you know michael crawford not available uh can you imagine what the you fan? <laughs> can, can you imagine what my boss would do <laughs> nothing on broadway world would would exist other than michael crawford and phantom uh articles but who knows maybe for 35
1: yeah the phantom fans uh should focus on pointing the penguins south I don't, yeah you don't get okay. that one? Okay. No. Hmm. I'm not anybody, a fan. You know, if anybody uh, gets that reference, uh Bueller. tweet at Matt. <laughs> <laughs> ben Fankhauser sets the
0: mad one's return. Yeah. Okay. So this is the um, Kerrigan and Milk musical, The Mad Ones, which used to be called uh, the unauthorized, the unauthorized autobiography of Samantha Brown. It's currently playing at 59 East 59th from the Prospect Theater Company. And they had to cancel the first preview and no one really said what it was. It just said there was an illness in the cast. And then quite quickly after Jay Armstrong Johnson was announced to be taking over the role of Adam for Ben Fankhauser. Apparently what actually happened was Fankhauser has been put on vocal rest and he was unable to actually do the performances because of some vocal damage that he's had. Well, yesterday the producers of the production announced that Fankhauser will return to the role of Adam beginning on December 5th. So he's got a couple more weeks to three weeks uh, of vocal rest until he's able to come back to the production. Jay Armstrong Johnson, who apparently went on stage like 48 hours after getting the script. I don't know if he's done this show in previous incarnations or not, but um, he was, he was able to keep the production going, just missed its one preview performance before it got back up. And uh, Fankhauser will return to the role in the first week of December. And this is one that I, I, I haven't heard much about it because it's been so soon, but this is one that's had such a great track record in its developmental process that I wouldn't be surprised if this one does really well for prospect and gets, uh, extended multiple times, so hopefully Fankhauser gets a chance to have a decently long, long run in that. Also in the cast are Christina Alabato, Lee Hawking, and Emma Hunton. So if you guys get a chance out to see this one, let me know. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people out there that see both Jay Armstrong Johnson and Ben Fankhauser, but this has a great score that you can find pretty much everything on from previous productions on YouTube, so check that out. And then speaking of some shows that are uh, coming down the pike here, apparently... Um, I don't know what to think about this, James. This kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit, but I'm also very excited about it. But apparently ABC is working on a new television special called Encore, which is being produced by one and only by the one and only Kristen Bell, Broadway and movie and TV star that she is. Apparently what this show does is it asks adults of a certain age to reunite with the cast of their high school musicals and try to perform them again 20 years later that is absolutely absolutely terrifying to me Uh, i can't imagine
1: jason robert brown was uh talking about this on facebook and i couldn't understand what he was talking about because i guess uh jason did french woods when he was growing up and and Mm -hmm. they and i thought that he was talking about getting his frenchwoods fan uh 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 classmates back together to p- put on high school musical, but what they're talking about it now it all makes sense now it's like, "What
0: in the hell is Jason smoking who so. would j r b be would he be Sharpay? I don't know who he would be. <laughs> uh, I've actually never seen High School Musical, so I don't I don't know. Um, but yeah, so apparently the one hour premiere episode will take place on Sunday, December 10th with high, former high school students and castmates. Uh, recreating their roles of of Into the Woods under the tutelage of Broadway directors, choreographers, and voice coaches. Kristen Bell obviously has done a, a, a number of Broadway shows before she became a TV and movie star. She was in a production of The Crucible on Broadway. She was actually in the original production of, oh, was it Tom Sawyer, the musical? It wasn't Big River. Yeah, Tom, it was something else. It was else. Tom, Tom Sawyer. Was Tom Sawyer? Yes, Tom yeah, Sawyer. she played Becky Thatcher. Yeah, um, there's a I great – yeah, I remember the performance of that on the Rosie yep. O'Donnell show long before I knew who Kristen Bell was from Veronica Mars. But anyway, this like I said, this this TV show is probably going to be super fun and super exciting, but honestly makes my skin crawl thinking about me recreating my 17 year old Herbie and guys or in, a, in Gypsy from my senior year of high school. That would be who, man, that would be rough. But anyway, something to look forward to next
1: month. A uh, quick update for something I mentioned the other day: Jason Robert Brown's doing the Stephen Schwartz uh, show at Subculture. They just added a second. They just added a second performance because the first one sold out so quickly. So, uh, if you are listening to this and you want to go, get your tickets now, now, now. All right. Next up,
0: Forbes goes inside Broadway. Yeah, James Forbes had two articles uh, that kind of touch in our world. One that. Touches on it directly and one that does it peripherally. The first one is from our new budding favorite theater business reporter, Mark Hirschberg, talking about some of the efforts from Broadway companies and Broadway League to reach out and build a theater audience base there for the future by offering $10 tickets. Obviously there's, you know, we've talked about this a lot with eduham but other things that the Broadway league is doing and the band's visit is doing through Broadway bridges and all these different things. Um, So it's a really great article, James. I know you sent this over to me. Did you uh, take a look at it and see anything that really jumped out at you there?
1: Uh, You hit everything there. It, it, it talked a little bit from the business side about the trials and tribulations at the Broadway league, Uh, is going through to try to uh, support this program. You know, it's the Broadway League is made up of Broadway producers who like to make money, and the Broadway (laughs) League is promoting $10 tickets, and they're not quite set up for... Um, the nonprofit side of of this to do this thing. So it was a little bit of uh, uh, nuts and bolts of the business side of it with Charlotte St. Martin, uh, but the other parts of it you pretty much hit.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, we we love these kind of things and love to see, you know, whether it's a not profit, not for profit company or the actual for profit commercial shows doing things like this. And obviously not every show is in the same situation as Hamilton, which can frankly afford to lose a quarter of a million dollars once every other month or however often it is, because it's going to make three million dollars the week after. Um, not every show can do that. But I'm I'm very impressed with the companies that do decide to make that investment in the future of Broadway's audience. Uh, sticking with Forbes yesterday, they released their 30 under 30 lists, which I think is always a little bit odd because they literally have like a dozen 30 under 30 lists. So it's actually not 30. It's actually more than that. Now it's, it's almost 20 different lists, but anyway, on the Hollywood and entertainment list, uh, there's only really one theater specific person. And that, as you could probably guess is 24 year old Ben Platt. They talk about, um, in this, what they do is they pick the 30 people in this area that are under 30 years old. Ben Platt, I think you could probably guess, is obviously one of the people you're going to pick from uh, from the theater community. Also in the 30 uh, under 30 for the Hollywood entertainment is. Um, uh I'm I, um, A cat Oscar Oscar nominee. I couldn't think of the award <laughs> Oscar nominee in *Barden Bella*. Haley Steinfeld, who's an actress and a musician, along with uh, Zoe Kravitz and Riley Kehoe, um, and a couple agents, actor Micah Fowler. Um, so definitely check that out. We'll have a link to that, and you can kind of look through all of them There's every different kind of category you can think of, from you know consumer technology to food and drink to education to media to venture capital to sports. Um, it's really kind of interesting to see who the next up-and-coming people are.
1: All right. So next up,
0: we have our recommendation section. Oh, look, it's like Groundhog Day. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to stick with the theme of Ben Platt here. Uh, But yesterday, Vanity Fair released a dual interview with Ben Platt and his lifelong BFF, Beanie Feldstein, who, as you probably know, is co-starring in uh, Hello, Dolly! just down the street from, from Dear Evan Hansen. And uh, it goes into this. Uh, really kind of sweet friendship that they have. They became friends for the most part in high school, when they went to high school together, and they've been BFFs ever since. And the fact that they both are making their Broadway debuts at, you know, pretty much the exact same time, and their careers are kind of taking off, and they're able to kind of go through this experience together, it's really sweet. And the, uh, the author of the article, Josh Duboff, does a great job of really kind of showing the intimacy that they have and the understanding that they have together. And he says they don't actually, you know, finish each other's sentences, but it's almost as if they're answering with one mind. So it's really kind of a sweet article to kind of look at what's going on. If you, only know Beanie Feldstein, either from uh, Hello, Dolly, or maybe her her famous brother, Jonah Hill. She's also in a new movie called Lady Bird, which is written and directed by Greta Gerwig. But it also stars Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf and Tracy Letts. This is going to be one of those movies that gets a lot of awards consideration here in the next few months. So if you haven't seen Lady Bird also produced by Scott Rudin, as Hello Dolly is. Uh, Definitely go and check that one out. Highly recommend that one. And then finally here in the recommendation section, um, over at the uh, NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt, they've been doing a lot of these 360 videos, and their most recent one is from the finale of The Band's Visit. Now, James, I don't know if you want to watch this before you see the show on Thursday night. There's not a ton to spoil in The Band's Visit because – there's not a huge amount of story, um, but there's uh, it's pretty interesting to see how it works. It d- does this thing where not to spoil too much, but the stage you know has a turntable in it. So you're actually doing a 360 of something that's rotating. It's really kind of cool. You do have to kind of scroll through it a little bit, but highly recommend that if you don't mind getting what little spoiler ish stuff there could be um, spoiled for you before you see the production.
1: So uh, I would like to throw something into the recommendation section. Awesome. Uh, Go. Uh, could we? Uh, so yeah, we didn't mention it in today's news, but it, it's kind of big news. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to solve global warming. So
0: uh, why don't you get it out is of and, and, his and, wife. and his wife yeah. Vanessa, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, maybe we'll throw that in the link if you want to see that. But I figured it, <laughs> I mean, it's getting you know, enough pub. I mean, Jesus, need more? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you know, he's he's
1: decided that he's going to save Puerto Rico. After saving Puerto Rico, he's going to fly around the Earth in reverse to reverse global wor- warming.
0: Oh, that's so great. That
1: Puerto Rico will not have another hurricane
0: that will be this bad, which I'm all for. for, Yeah, it worked in Superman 2. Was it Superman 2? Yeah. I don't know okay. if it was 2 or not, but it two was something for this. Yeah, yeah like anyway. Anyway. All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt and subscribe to something I pop on iTunes to Google Play. We also didn't mention that Lin-Manuel Miranda joined Jimmy Buffett on the stage in yeah. Chicago after mm-hmm. a production of – after a performance of Escape to Margaritaville, but we've had enough Lin stuff. We, we, can, we can chill on some of that for a while. <laughs>
1: And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com and maybe BroadwayCanadianGeography.com. Let's see if that's <laughs> available. <laughs> uh, thanks for
0: spending some of your Wednesday with us. And uh, are we back tomorrow? Why do- I- we, we are back tomorrow, but we'll be a little bit delayed. We'll be a little late because we're going to record in the morning. Thursday morning or Friday morning? Yeah, we'll talk
1: to both. Both? Okay, so we'll see you a little later on Thursday morning and a little later on Friday morning.